Welcome everybody. This is Somehow I Father. My purpose for this podcast is to break down the facade of perfect parenting and remind fathers that you aren't alone when you fail. Hi, my name is Gabriel Perez. I am a husband, a father of three kids, seven, four, and a six-month-old. I work a full-time job, and my wife and I partner together in homeschooling our kids. Disclaimer, I am by no means a perfect parent, but my goal is to be transparent in my journey of fatherhood because I always felt I am in a position of either being judged or taught when really all I sought was just to relate. So if that's you, consider subscribing to this podcast. And if you want to connect, you can do so on Instagram at somehow underscore I underscore father, or you can email me at father.up7 at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's jump into this first episode. All right, so here we are live, my first episode. So I just want to give a quick shout out to my cousin Josh Crespo for uh, my track in the beginning. He does a ton of great work on SoundCloud and also my boy Blue at JoeBillickDesign.com for my artwork. So check those guys out. I'll have links to their stuff in the show notes. I don't even know what show notes are, but I always hear podcast guys talk about show notes. So I should have some show notes. So first episode, why podcast? Well, if you caught the title, then you'll know that it comes from The Office, sort of, from Michael Scott's award-winning book, Somehow I Manage. And um, I think it's, um, it's a great title. Because I think, you know, they wonder how he manages a successful branch. And sometimes I wonder how I manage to father an awesome family. So, uh, but really to get down to it, why I'm doing this is is really just to relate to fathers who are struggling. Um, I think a lot of dads nowadays feel like there's no, there's not a lot of places to go to share uh, their weaknesses or what they're going through. And... They can feel alone, and dad guilt is a real thing. So I kind of want to bring light to that. I want to um, uh, kind of strike a community for that because that was me. That was my situation. Um, you know, now I have three kids. It's just been such a transformation in in how I've developed over the years, and I'm still growing. I'm still failing. I'm still having dad shame, but. I literally remember on my third kid and uh, he was just born and I was looking and I was feeding him a bottle and I was searching YouTube for how do I do, how do I father, like fathering this or, and you know, there's, there's some resources out there and, and, but it wasn't what I was really looking for. And it wasn't until, you know, I started hearing, um, I was listening to Steve Furtick on Elevation Church. And he talked about his kids drove him nuts. And sometimes he wants to strangle them. And it like related to me because my kids drive me nuts. And I don't want to strangle them, but I like to squeeze them and hug them really tight. And so, um, but still, you know, like that spoke to me. Like I get that. I get to be, I get where he's at in that moment where he's just the screaming, the yelling, it just gets to you and you just, you explode. And he talked about a moment he had with his kids on vacation and and that's what kind of related to me. And, I, and I've been actually going down that path for some time where I was looking for other dads to relate to, um, 
just to talk, just to see uh, what's going on. I, I remember going to groups and kind of sharing some of my struggles. And, you know, it wasn't really reciprocated. They're just kind of like, oh. And they, you know, look at you kind of weird sometimes. And it was almost like judgment. And so, um, you know, you, you just revert. You don't say anything. And so I came to a point where that was something that I wanted to speak about. As I as I got some friends who I met, families who, you know, we share what we struggle to, it, it definitely opens me up. It definitely makes me feel better. It doesn't makes me feel like I'm not alone. And um, and I even discovered some podcasts that, that touch on that. And while they have different objectives or different niches that they're going after, I always find that honesty in circumstances is what speaks to me. So, um, you know, that's that's why I came to this point to, to do a podcast. It was coming face-to-face -face with my insecurities and and to deal with what I lack in father life skills, um, having emotion, learning to have compassion beyond just loving my kids. And so all those searching for answers, trying to find someone just to relate to in that area and all of those areas, because a lot of areas, um, led me to, to think of this podcast. And, you know, we do homeschool. So that's another area that is um, crazy in life and just adds another craziness to life in itself because, um, you know, the blessing of homeschool is your kids are with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But also the struggle of homeschool is they are with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no break. And while I do get a break when I go to work, my wife, however, does not get a break. But it could be very demanding on both ends because, um, you know, while she's with the kids all day, dealing with them, and she also works from home. Well, she works from home. I don't work from home. Um, it's crazy for her. And so, but then when I come home, it's like go time for me after the job too because it's homeschool time. We got to get, you know, the house is probably thrashed. I got to help out with home duties and and before you know it, the day's over, or you're hoping the day's over. You're hoping it's 7, 8 o'clock bedtime for the kids so you can at least kind of wind down. And um, But even that, starting homeschool, I was struggling to relate. And, um, you know, I was looking up, like, how to deal with homeschool as a dad. And there's not a lot of father resources for homeschooling dads. And just to, to paraphrase, or, or not paraphrase, but side note, Maybe some of you who are listening are like, homeschool, what is up with homeschool? It is a pretty amazing thing. I would say it's something you got to really be called to. And I was not called to it at first. In fact, I fought it every step of the way. But um, my wife felt called to do it. And she was doing it. And I had no part in it. And I was happy to say, that's not my thing. My wife wants to do it, but I'll support her. But then... She, you know, finances get tough, and uh, we found out we were having another kid. But before we found out we were having our third kid, um, we said uh, maybe she'd get a part-time job just to kind of help out some of the bills. And, um, and I had to come in, and, and so, well, actually, no, she was working and doing homeschool, and then she was pregnant. 
And then it got really tough for her. It took that much for me to step in and say, okay, I'm going to come in and help with homeschool. And so I did do homeschool. It struggled. I failed miserably. I think I made our oldest son cry quite a few times. I, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I said, if uh, you're not going to pay attention, you got to write this thing out like 10 times, like in The Simpsons. <laughs> and he would just cry, and that's horrible. But um, the same thing. I had no one to relate to for homeschool. Um, I had no one to talk to, no one to go to, because I don't know any dads who do homeschool. But then I was able to meet uh, my wife's boss's husband who was actually a full-time homeschool dad and it was cool because I got to talk to him and see what he does and go through with it and and the the most the thing that ministers to me that speaks to my heart is when he sits there and says yeah man I struggled for the first time for the first year of homeschool because I thought like a regular school and so it was cool to hear how he struggled and once again I'm like dude that's it like that's what I needed. I just need to know someone's struggling. I need to know someone out there. Here's what I'm going through. And, and we can link arms together. And so, you know, there it is. Here I am. And so I'm starting a podcast. And um, honestly, I, I was going to do a video YouTube channel. And uh, I just couldn't stand seeing my face on a video. And so I took the lesser of two evils and chose to just hear my voice. So that's why here I am. That's why I'm here at a podcast now. And so, um, so that's it. That's why I'm. I started this podcast. That's the goal. And so, maybe, um, maybe you're not a father. Maybe you're not um, struggling with dad shame, or you're not in those issues, or you know, you you feel good. And that's cool. Then maybe it's uh, not the podcast for you. I don't know. But I'm just going to go along on this journey. My goal is to podcast for one year. I say that if you know if I'm going to try anything, at least I got to do it for one year. Get 52 episodes out. I'm already out one because I was sick last week. And still currently sick getting over it. So... Um, that is what this podcast is going to entail. My, if I could say my vision is to, to have a group, have a group of dads, um, uncles, brothers, because I think, you know, everyone can be a father figure to someone. And whether you know it or not, you probably are. Um, I have a cousin who um, at the time, um, she was a single mother, and, but she's living with her brother and he's helping raise that, that little girl. And so he's a father figure. So I don't know if my cousin will listen to this, but you know, you never know when you're a father figure to someone and, and what you're going to go through. And sharing those life experiences is what is what really builds um, relationships. And it really um, helps people to go on. It's like soldiers at war, you know, they build those relationships together. And so recently I actually came upon an article that was pretty interesting and it and it actually brought clarity to what I was uh thinking and going through and the title was dads are burned out too but many feel they can't talk about it and so it is a subject it is something that is kind of um 
somewhat new because you know everyone thinks moms are super moms and moms are super moms I'm never trying to take away anything from a mom but um you know dads try are doing a lot too these days they're doing a lot more than they used to but you know it's you know that everyone's open to moms complaining because moms know what they go through we all know what moms go through so it's kind of norm but for dads who are now trying to be more present trying to be more involved in their kids lives um it's hard for them to openly discuss their their own weaknesses without fearing that they'll be seen as stereotypical bumbling or uninvolved dads and so that was a quote that they had and some things can um let's see what it says on top of that, experts have warned that parenthood can be isolating for new dads and that they need support. Support for new parents are often aimed at moms since they still tend to be the ones who to stay at home or take leave after a baby is born. And a number of dads says it's difficult to make connections with other new parents. I can totally attest to that because a lot of my friends now these days come from my wife. I tell my wife that like I don't, I don't make new friends. I mean, yeah, I have friends at work. I meet guys and, and we're cool and stuff. But like the people we hang out with, they all come from my wife. You know, it's like uh, I was playing at the, uh, I used to play in our worship band at church. And we had a new singer. And, you know, it was cool. We talked. Yeah, everything was cool. But my wife met his wife in the nursing room because they both had babies. And then they started hanging out. And then sure enough, hey, we're hanging out. And we're friends. Friends. And that's how like all my relationships have worked so far. And now my wife even says, you don't make friends. You only make friends through me. So that to me last night, actually. But yeah, it, it, it really is. We, uh, she's going to a woman's group. She meets uh, uh, another lady who's going through some stuff with her husband with anxiety. My wife's going through anxiety. They connect and then we go and meet her husband because he has anxiety. And so we're talking and sure enough, we're all... They're our family friends now. Now we hang out like almost every other weekend. So, yeah. So that supports that article 100%. Um, parenting, is isolate, parenting in isolation is never a good idea. So it isn't. So that's why I started a podcast. Because maybe we can be a group together. Or maybe I can just talk to myself and not feel so isolated. Although I talk to people now. So um, I'm getting better. Um, but it really does take a village and men. Does that sound right? It really, it really does take a village and men, especially successful ones, underestimate. Well, okay, let me back up. It really does take a village and men, especially successful ones, underestimate how challenging parenting can be when they are used to succeeding in life. That's true. I never knew how challenging parenting could be. But I wasn't an ex especially successful one, so to say. Um, parenting is challenging. It, it honestly reveals so many things that you never knew about yourself. And, and it really um, opens up what you lack in life skills. Um, you know, as men, we can be hard. We can be hard-edged. And, and you can really... Uh, lose just basic compassion um it depends how you grew up if you had a very compassionate family maybe you're naturally compassionate but i think a lot of men are tend to want to be that because i said so and that's a lack of compassion you know in a sense 
Um, so, now, so, Workopolis recommends working dads set short and long-term priorities. Oh, these are some just helpful to-do tips. So, anyways, I started a podcast, and it, it's very funny because I failed today, and I even considered not recording a podcast because I failed, and, you know, I uh, came home, I got home, this is going to kind of sound kind of whiny, I got home at 5.30, I left the home at 5 in the morning, so I got home at 5.30, you know, I came home, I was good, great mood, I, uh, you know, making some dinner for myself, the kids, my wife wasn't hungry, you know, and we, we settled down, and so this is just a story of my failure, just to, to end a note, and um, the kids are happy to see me, it's great, I give them hugs, and then it gets crazy. My uh, son has this new dance that he does that is actually really funny, but is also really, really annoying. And it, it came from um, the Kanye West song. And he, what he does is he, as I try, I'm going to try to describe this to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to try to describe this to you. Uh, I'm going to try to describe this to you as best as I can. So. What he does is he puts his face, his mouth in a very tight O shape, and his eyes go really wide, and he bobs his head back and forth like, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't need to make that noise, but he does it, and it's funny because he does it to a hip hop song, and he, his voice is all, his body's all rigid, and he's all goofy looking, and it's funny, but and we laugh, but now he does it all the time. You're sitting down, we're watching a movie, in your face doing it, doom 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 doom, and non-stop like and it's to a point where you're like no like i was like no up please just stop enough like and you know he's not he's like jumping all over you and and my daughter will do it too they all do it and it's just it's a lot so you know my patience starts to wear thin as i'm as i'm just winding down the day we got our our baby rain who's sick so we're just trying to make him comfortable and watch him as he's crawling on the floor, and my wife brings up this question of the stroller. Now, let me back up. Last night, she said, okay, we need to get a stroller. It's something I want because the last one we bought, the person duped us. And she said, nothing was wrong with the stroller until I went all the way over to buy it. It was super cheap. It was a great stroller for super cheap. And she goes, oh, this wheel gets stuck, but you just push up. I put this little hairband on it and it works fine well i bought it because i drove all the way up in the mountains and my car broke down on the way back so i was i was like i'm not gonna turn around with nothing so i bought it it was cheap though it was only 40 bucks and so but now it gives us problems because it, the wheel gets stuck and it can't turn so she says i want a stroller last night and she's looking at strolls and she sends me like a, a cool one for 40 bucks i'm thinking yes that's what i'm talking about that's a budget stroller right there but they sold it darn so we keep looking we find some and she goes well I'll keep looking so she sends me a bunch and then we last night we had the conversation about how people try to sell like used strollers like nice used strollers for literally what they bought them for so they'll buy this 600 dollars stroller 
And let's not even talk why strollers are $600. It's ridiculous. But they'll buy a $600 stroller and then they'll try to sell it for $550 used. And we're like, that's just ridiculous. Why? Why? You, we said, you know it's used. You got to mark it down. You know, you're not going to get full resale value for this thing. So I thought we were on an agreement that, okay, we're, we're looking for like, you know, somewhere between the, we're looking for a good stroller, not too expensive, like somewhere under the $100 range. I feel pretty good. And then so she goes, she sends me this other one as we're sitting here on the couch. She goes, look at this stroller. It's the Up Up Baby, now the, the high-end strollers that cost like $600. And it's... 100 bucks. I'm like, oh, okay, 100 bucks, not too bad. And then she asked the person some details and like, oh, yeah, it's a 2014. But it, the thing about these strollers is it needs new wheels. So you're going to have to buy new wheels. I was like, wait, we got to buy new, new wheels. Well, how much are the wheels? $25 for one wheel. So like, dude, that's like 150 bucks now. We got to, that's an extra 50 bucks. I don't want to buy another stroller for 150 bucks. If we just got to buy new wheels and then I got to wait for them and, and and deal with that. And she goes, and I was like, and then I think, wait, she said it was a 2014. 2014 stroller? Like, dude, that thing should be like 40 bucks for 2014. That's like seven years old. And she goes, no, well, it's still a good stroller. I was like, yeah, but that's 2014. Like, I don't want to pay 100 bucks for a 2014 stroller that's old. And she goes, well, you know, it's a good stroller. And we kind of go back and forth. And then, so she, final thing is she goes, well, what do you want to do? And I'm kind of burned out. I'm like, uh, well, I don't want that stroller. Just look for another one. Well, what do you want then? And I was like, I don't know. Get a different one. And she goes, well, you know, we're going back and forth. Well, this one, this one, yada, yada. I was like, well, it came to a point where I just said, I don't care. Just pick one then. And then we don't talk about it. Because obviously I think she saw I was a little annoyed, frustrated. And then we come back to it and she goes, oh, look it. This one's selling a 2017 stroller for three ninety five, dollars And then I'm like, whoa, 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 back up. Now we're at three ninety five, And she goes, well, let's offer him like 200 bucks." I'm like, 200 bucks? I don't want to pay 200 bucks for a new stroller. And let's, let's talk strollers because we... We've had three kids now, so we've had plenty of strollers. The first kid comes around, you buy the best stroller money can buy. And we did. You know, we didn't actually buy it. Our grandma bought it for us, like $400 stroller, the Bob. We didn't use it because it was so big. And, like, we used it, of course, a bit. But then we ended up getting a smaller one that was not so bulky, so hard to take out and put back. And then that worked, and that was fine. We got rid of the Bob. We actually had that bob for like years and it became a pain just to get rid of it. But I think I sold it for like a hundred bucks. No, I sold it for 50. Um, and then when Ollie came around, my little girl, we got another stroller. We got the double one where they can sit in it. And what do you know? This thing's too big. We can't, this is not practical. Why do we even, let's not use this. We ended up getting a swap meet stroller for 60 bucks, a two seater. And that thing was amazing. Like, we took it everywhere. It was practical. It the sunshade on it was so cheesy and thin. It was just a little two little twigs that came out with a little canopy above them. Kids didn't mind. They sat in that thing. They loved it. 
They got in and out. They fell asleep in it. It was great. So simple, so easy, so cheap, so inexpensive. And then, so now you think the third kid, we're a little wiser. Like, okay, we'll just, well, we got to get a good one for the baby. Um, so we get this all right one. Well, I guess we got that one for 40 bucks and it was bad. And then we had to get a different one for the car seat to connect in. So we got that one, but of course we got that one at a at like a used uh, store and it was a piece was broken on it, but it was still it was great. I mean, it worked for what it was. This is sounding really bad. The piece wasn't broken where it attaches. It was just like an extra added part that we didn't need because we weren't using it for the other part. We weren't using it to sit them in there. We were just using it to connect the stroller. Um, I'm burying myself. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Sorry. Let me wrap the story up. So then we argued because she goes, well, I don't know what stroller you want. And I, my, my question was, how did we go from a $40 stroller to a $350 stroller? Like, I thought at least we were going to be in the 100 range. And here we are looking like now three, triple that cost. And so needless to say, I was tired. I was frustrated. I think we all went to bed. Well, everyone went to bed. I'm still up. And um, I could have been a little bit better. I could have talked to my wife. Uh, obviously, it's important to her. So I could have um, shown a little more care. But that's the thing is we got to look at our – We got at the end of the day, we just got to look at what we did. We got to recognize our failures and we got to make amends because we are the captains of this ship. And so that's my story. Maybe it's very anticlimactic at the end, but it's also my realization that, hey, I'm, I'm still going to do this podcast because I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell you guys I messed up. I'm not, I'm not the shining dad or anything like that. I failed. I, my kids probably went to bed a little sad because I was frustrated with them jumping on me and, um, and doing the dance in my face um, for the whole Cars 3 movie. But, hey, we, you know, at the end of the day, we love each other. I told them I love them. They told me they loved me back, and they smiled, and we gave each other kisses, and all is well, but you got to learn from your failures. And so, you know, failure in the fatherhood journey is completely normal. And if you're not failing, you're not trying. And so you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, i.e. Wayne Gretzky. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I hope you uh, enjoyed this podcast. Remember, if you want to link up, you can link up on Instagram. You can follow me uh, somehow, underscore, I, underscore, father. Or you can shoot me an email at father.up7 at gmail.com. All right, till next time.